You're listening to What It's Like with Luce, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm chatting to founder and CEO of Stampify, a social enterprise that allows users to fight world hunger by completing a loyalty card with stamps from partner businesses. Cycling home from work one day, this week's young entrepreneur stumbled across a full loyalty card he had that resulted in a free burrito. Noticing a homeless man sitting outside the shop, it wasn't until he was in the comfort of his home that evening enjoying the free food he could have easily paid for that he had a eureka moment. Gathering together a group of college friends, he set to work on creating a non-profit organization set to change the face of our world hunger epidemic. Navigating pivotal roadblocks along the way, sharing thoughts on today's pressures to achieve success at a young age, and most importantly, how he did it, here's what it's like to be Connor Lee. Before we get stuck into the episode, I just wanted to say that if there is a drop in sound quality throughout, I'm very sorry. But in respect of social distancing during COVID-19, I've had to record episodes remotely. In this challenging time, we're all trying our best, so I really hope everyone is staying safe and that you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Connor. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. Um, I think it'd be a really great starting point. Talk a little bit about uh, your interests growing up. Were you always interested in kind of forging a career around maybe philanthropy and kind of charity work? Or, or is that something that just kind of came out of the blue for you? Um, I guess philanthropy and charity work, not so much. Um, it wasn't, I guess, something that was always on my radar as a child uh, or growing up in adolescence. I guess my parents uh, have always been quite charitable um, and have always been very into helping people. So I think that they probably led by example uh, when I was younger. But no, I wouldn't say when I was growing up that I was striving to create a social enterprise. I think when I was younger, though, I would have strived uh, towards entrepreneurship. Um, I had an uncle who is an entrepreneur um, and I always kind of looked up to him in that regard, uh, especially kind of when preparing to other sorts of jobs. I always liked the idea of working for myself um, and being your own boss. So I think I was I was drawn to that definitely. Um, and then I guess some experiences I had um, growing up um, definitely lent um, to that. Um, I guess where what probably pushed me towards Stampify most was when I was in college, I was president of Trinity's Entrepreneurial Society. So I got to work with a good few different startups. Um, and at the same time, I was also on the Cancer Society, uh, which is obviously a charity society. Um, so I think working with the two of those kind of, it definitely pushed me a bit more towards entrepreneurship, but then also, I guess, philanthropy too. And seeing if there, if there was a way I could bring the two together um, and obviously was able to do that with Stampify being a social enterprise. I think it's really interesting that um, you kind of went that direction into forming a social enterprise because I don't know if it's maybe, you know, a little bit of a pressure for people kind of our age, like graduate age, or whether it's just like a social construct that there's this expectation that you need to be, you know, really successful really young you know and and be earning loads of money and going on holidays and all this kind of stuff so I think it's really interesting that then having done a business course in Trinity and being so interested in entrepreneurship that you then went on to create a company that essentially wouldn't earn you any money yeah 
exactly that's it so Stampify is a not-for-profit uh, there are seven of us on the team and none of us take any income from it all work is done on a voluntary basis um, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that though um, I think yeah that there are sometimes pressures socially to work your way up the ladder as quickly as possible and any time not spent not spent doing that is nearly seen as time wasted um, I, I've seen even with um, what's going on in the current environment with uh, coronavirus and people being stuck at home like there is a lot of pressure uh, and posts and stories on Instagram of you know people hashtag making the most of it and you know mm-hmm. getting really fit and making sure that they're using their spare time to read books and like all, all kind of going towards oh I'm going to be ready to hit the ground running when mm-hmm. I go back but then I, I, I saw some posts on that sort of stuff and just I guess one that resonated with me was just like, just because you have all this downtime, it doesn't mean that you need to be striving towards um, normality and when things are back um, the way they were, you know, just take things at your own pace, um, which I thought was really good. I know that's probably a little bit of a tangent, but no, um, it's fine. yeah, <laughs> we like tangents. <laughs> They're good. Um, yeah, no, obviously, like, I really admire the work that you guys are doing. And I think it's it's amazing that that is the path that you chose to go down. It was just an interesting point for me when I was um, yeah. researching. Um, so I guess, yeah, can you kind of, for anyone that hasn't heard of Stampify or the work that you're doing, do you want to just explain a little bit about the core essence of the company? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. Um, so in a nutshell, Stampify is a loyalty card for charity. So it works the same as a loyalty card you'd pick up in any coffee shop and restaurant, uh, buy X amount of goods and get one free, with two key differences. So the first one is that the Stampify loyalty card can be used across different businesses. So you can go into coffee shop A, get a stamp, go into coffee shop B, get a stamp on the same card, uh, working towards one goal. And then the second and probably the most important difference is as a user, when you complete the card, instead of you getting a free cup of coffee or a free meal, the partner business or businesses make a donation to charity in its place. So our model is very simple. Um, For every card that a user completes with seven stamps, the partner businesses make a donation to our partner charity, Mary's Meals, to feed a child for two weeks in the developing world. So for every stamp a user collects, two meals are donated. Um, and that's it there. Yeah, we partner with Mary's Meals to do that. So they're an international aid charity who work in 18 countries across the developing worlds. And what they do is they provide meals to children there. Um, and most importantly, they provide them in their place of education. So they have the effect of not only fighting world hunger, but actually also encouraging children to go to school as well. Um, so we just we absolutely love the vision that Mary's Meals has. And when we met with them, um, it really just drove home that this is the cause that we wanted to support. Um, so yeah, I think that's Stampify in a nutshell. Uh, we launched our paper loyalty card in October of 2018. We grew that to over 100 locations throughout 2019. And more recently, um, at the tail end of 2019, and then into 2020, we developed and launched a Stampify app. So we've actually gotten rid of the paper loyalty card and moved it over to an app, which can be downloaded on Android or iOS. I'm interested to know kind of how, because obviously there's so many different avenues you could have gone down with this, so many charities you could have picked. So what was it about uh, Mary's Meals or, or why did you decide to to help this cause? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, 
So when we had the idea for Stampify, we knew it was going to be a loyalty card for charity. Uh, the most important question then, as you just said there, is what charity and how do we pick that? So we did a lot of research into this. Um, we thought that meals um, and international aid would be a good match because where people would be using our loyalty card would be coffee shops and restaurants. So they would be places that they'd be buying themselves coffee or buying themselves meals. So it was a nice natural fit. Um, when you buy a meal, you can feed yourself and also feed someone else. So we did extensive research into charities uh, in this in this arm and then also um, some other charities as well because we didn't want to just make a decision based on an assumption that we should go with meals. Uh, why we picked Mary's Meals was for two reasons. So the first of those is the impact they have. Um, so for every euro we give Mary's Meals, 93 cent goes straight to the cause, which is industry leading and is about as high as I could have seen or I, I had seen um, in any of the charities we looked at. And then the second one, the second reason is something I alluded to earlier on. So it was just the vision. We really, really liked their vision of not just providing meals to children in the developing world, but providing them in their schools. So having the double effect of also encouraging them to get the education that would hopefully give them a good chance of escaping poverty. And then going back to the very beginning of your journey with Santify, do you have kind of, I don't know, maybe a eureka moment where this idea came to you because you developed it straight out of college am I correct in saying that you're right in saying that yeah so um I actually came up with the idea or it crossed my mind uh, a good bit earlier so it was in the summer of my third year of study um I was doing an internship in Accenture and I think I was in quite late one night um working towards the end of a project and had to be in quite early the following day um so I was cycling home and I just stopped into Tolteca to get a burrito. And when I was there, I noticed that my loyalty card was full. Um, it was just one at the back of my wallet. I couldn't remember when I even used it last. Uh, so I used the loyalty card to pay for the burrito instead of having to actually pay cash. And I was cycling back to my house in Rings End. Um, and I saw a member of the homeless on the side of the street. Um, and I guess at the time I didn't stop or anything. I just kept cycling. Uh, but when I sat down in the house to eat the burrito, I just kind of thought about what happened and how I didn't really need the burrito um, for free. Like, I just got paid the day before, I think. I could have so easily paid for the burrito, whereas this man on the side of the street probably could have done with it or, I guess, something um, equivalent to it um, more than I could have. So I just started thinking about kind of the imbalance um, and opportunity of what had happened there. There was something... Uh, in the loyalty card and the free meal I got from it that I didn't really value. Um, it was a nice bonus, but I didn't really view it um, as, you know, a big win or anything. It was just a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. Whereas for uh, a partner business or for a business like Tolteca, it does still obviously cost them money to make the burrito and they are losing out um, in the fact that I'm no longer paying for it. So I just got thinking about the mechanics of how that works. Um, and I was studying economics at the time. So opportunity cost is obviously um, the theory uh, that applies to what happened the most. So I was thinking about that as well a bit. Um, And then I I just kind of thought, what if you donate your loyalty stamps to charity? Um, And from there, I think I stayed up quite late that night just writing uh, all all the thoughts across my mind into a Google Doc. Um, And then 
kept kind of working on that for a few days after, but I was soon going back to my final year of study. And um, as I said, I was president of the Entrepreneurial Society as well, so it just wasn't really a good time to start, start a social enterprise. Uh, I probably had enough of my plate in final year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I just put it on hold, the idea. Uh, it wasn't called Stampify then, or it didn't have a name or anything, but um, when I finished my studies then, it was always something that was on my mind. And when I finished my studies, um, I got a job offer from Google in nice. August, I think it was, um, but I, the, the job wasn't to start until October, so I had two months um, of free time, uh, not not doing not doing anything, not studying, not working, and a lot of my friends had already started their work contracts. So I just I, for about a week I didn't really do anything to be honest. I just sat playing PlayStation and watching Netflix. <laughs> well but deserved God. after final year, though. I know how I know. difficult it is. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, was, I was happy doing that for a week or so, uh, but then I, my parents were probably a bit like, here, come on, you're, you're just sitting on the couch all day long, <laughs> yeah. get up and do something. Uh, so I just said to myself, do you know what, you have this idea, it's always kind of been playing on your mind, you're about to start work full time, um, you're not going to have this amount of free time again, uh, and I haven't had that amount of free time since. Um just you know, see, I guess see where you can bring it. So I just started very like I guess slowly at first working on it, uh, fleshing out the concepts, um, how the model itself would work, what businesses we could work with, etc. Um, I guess also I had a quick brief look at what charities we'd work with, mm-hmm. um, and then I got I got to a point that um, I I think I went on to Fiverr dot com and got um, a graphic designer to build a mock up of the loyalty cards. Um, it was it was so ugly the mock up. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely horrendous at art design, any of that sort of stuff. As um, I'd say, all of the team can in Stampify can attest to. Um, so I, I just gave it I gave a designer a brief, but the brief was so bad that um, he, he he made the most of what he could do while staying within the the restrictions of the brief. But uh, the card was like it was this ugly green card, um, and I remember I, I got like a hundred of them printed. Um, and then, yeah, around that time, um, I went to some friends from college who I knew uh, would be interested in at least hearing more about it and potentially working on it with me. So I uh, approached them. They were all glad to work on it. And I guess that's probably the short side of how the idea actually uh, came to fruition. I think kind of the difficult question maybe is a little bit, obviously, you know, your idea is so life-changing it's it's such a nice concept and it you know it's something that you can feel so so good about about building yourself but how did you do it without money you know you have a product that it, it's a physical thing so you obviously need to spend money printing and things like that so where did that come from yeah no, that, that's that's an absolutely fine question um so yeah, as I said, Sampho is a not-for-profit, um, so it is a bit hard to get investments um, the traditional ways because a lot of investors are obviously looking for a return, and mm-hmm. that's not a direction definitely at the time that we wanted to bring Sampify down. Um, so the, the original funding we got was from the local enterprise office. Um, they run a competition called Ireland's Best Young Entrepreneur, so we entered um, as they, they had a category for best idea. So it was just an idea. Uh, you didn't have to be a company yet. 
uh, you didn't have to be trading or anything. It was just scout help get ideas off the ground. So we entered that um, competition and we were able to win a bit of funding off that. Um, and that funding was used for design, for printing, as you said, because naturally with a paper loyalty card, you do have to print a good few cards. Um, yeah. And then we built a website off the back of that um, and then had some other business admin costs, such as incorporating the company, etc. So that was the first piece of funding we got. Um, we received some more funding from a social enterprise initiative called Soup Dublin, um, which basically just allows ideas to pitch uh, over an hour session and then everyone in attendance has a vote and the winner gets some funding from that. So we were lucky to get some more funding off that as well. Um, and that mainly that, that funding mainly took us to the point of launching the idea. And then once we had launched, uh, we do have it built into our model that um, Stampify as a company does take a cut um, of the income from businesses um just to keep us operational yep and anything else then is passed on to our partner charities so once you've got you've generated a little bit of funding in order to kind of bring this to life and really get ready to share this idea and this vision with with the consumer market i guess so what was it like bringing it to market how was it received by both customers and then companies as well Good question. Um, so, as I said, we launched in October, I think it was October 13th of 2018. Um, so there was a good bit of, it took us almost a year from when we started working on the idea uh, to when we actually launched our paper loyalty card. Um, so we the, the feedback we got from partner businesses um, was, and to be fair, still to date, is always very positive. Um, I would say a lot of the businesses we meet with or have contact with, once they've heard um, our, I guess, quote-unquote pitch, um, they understand it and they're usually on board with it. Uh, if they're not on board with it, it's usually for a fair enough reason that they might themselves uh, support other charities through other initiatives that they're doing and they don't want to take on Stampify. It's kind of muddy that. Mm-hmm. But any of the businesses we talk to are usually um, quite receptive to hearing uh, the idea and then coming on board with it. So the initial challenge we faced was actually just getting in front of businesses because when you just have an idea, even if we have a prototype, which is the paper loyalty card, um, like if I, when I was, say, emailing or cold calling coffee shop owners, um, like we, we, we had a very basic website. Um, we didn't have any other partners. So there was kind of nearly an apprehension on their end that like they all, they, they would all see that it's a good idea but you kind of don't want to be the first mover. You want to let someone else experiment yeah. with it and make sure it does work as intended. Um, so we did have, I wouldn't say trouble getting off the ground, but just definitely getting in touch with um, partner businesses was a bit of a challenge initially. Uh, we were lucky that we were able to get five on board to launch with um, and had quite a successful launch. And then from there, um, we were able to grow as, I guess, we had proof of concept. Um, people could use our loyalty card in store. Uh, any of the coffee shop owners that we were talking to could see it working in other businesses. Um, and that kind of proofing really worked well for us. Um, on the other side of the coin, then, for users, um, I guess we, we really did, to be fair, um, get a lot of help from our own personal connections. Uh, and when I say personal connections, I mean... More or, less, more or less anyone we, we know socially. Um, 
like all, all my friends, family, and the same with all the team, um, were really great in helping us get it off the ground. Like they were sharing posts, sharing stories, uh, constantly promoting it with their friends who may not know the actual Stampify team. Um, so that really did help us off the ground. Uh, and I think to be fair to our initial partner businesses, they were really good in terms of positioning our point of sale uh, quite well in store. And then also getting their staff to promote the loyalty card. So we did, the five businesses that we did partner with initially um, did really help us get it off the ground too. Yeah, I guess it's that thing of just kind of needing one person to take a chance on you and then your foot's in the door and you're, and you're kind of off off with it. But um, you, you touched there on a few challenges that you faced initially launching. Is there any yeah. other big challenges that you kind of remember having to push past bringing this to life? Yeah, there's, there's one massive one uh, that I always touch on. Uh, and apologies to anyone who's listening if they've heard it before. <laughs> but um, it, it, would, it, it would be remiss to um, to discuss challenges and not talk about this one. Um, so around May of 2018, so a few months before we actually launched, the idea for Stampify was a lot different to what it is today um, so you'll remember as I said earlier on the idea came from um, an experience I had buying a burrito and then cycling by a homeless man um, so the idea initially was way closer to that experience uh, what we wanted to do was we wanted to create a loyalty card that was still for charity uh, but when people completed it instead of a monetary donation being made to a charity uh, our partner businesses would make a meal that would be delivered to um, members of the homeless. So I said the idea a lot closer to the experience I had. Um, what we were going to do is we were going to partner with soup kitchens. Uh, we actually had um, partnerships in place with some of them. Um, and we would provide food uh, from partner restaurants to their soup kitchens to be distributed to members of the homeless. Um, and we were working on that from... Comes in maybe August to May, so almost a year. Um, and I remember one day in May, um, I, I there'd been a little bit of back and forth with the Food Safety Authority of Ireland. Um, I, I initially approached them because I just wanted to get verification that this would be okay to do. Um, and from initial conversations, it seemed like it would be absolutely fine. But uh, they rang me on a Friday. Um, and essentially told me, yeah, you're not doing this. Um, oh. <laughs> and I obviously, <laughs> yeah, so um, I remember I remember my heart sunk and I don't think it's ever sunk as much um, since or before. Uh, do you know that feeling you get when like just an awful feeling in your gut? Yeah. Um, I, it was so horrible. Uh, I was in a meeting room with Google taking the call. I just remember like the walls were nearly spinning. Oh, um, no. so I, was just, I was just thinking, oh, we, like we've worked so long and... Um, and so hard to get it to this point, like, and I guess my one thing is, how am I going to tell the team who, you know, I kind of, I got in touch with to work on this, that it's not going to happen anymore. Um, so yeah, they, they told us, the Food Safety Authority uh, of Ireland, that we wouldn't be able to proceed because, and it was a fair point, uh, say for example, if one of the partner businesses were to get um some dodgy food and then we were to give it out to members of the homeless that could potentially be disastrous um yeah. i wasn't so i wasn't something i considered prior to that um but i guess the, the conversation ended with me accepting their point and i guess them very very fir firmly saying you're not doing this and that, that was it um so i, I remember 
I just kind of sat there for like 10 minutes being like, oh, this is like, how, how am I going to tell the lads? Because uh, bear in mind, these are my very good friends as well. It's not just a project team or something yeah. like that with random people from college. Um, and I was meant to meet um, a social innovation lecturer in Trinity, uh, whose name is Sheila Cannon, um, in about 30 minutes after the call. Um, and I was just thinking to myself, is there even a point in going to meet her? This idea seems to be done. Um, but I took a few deep breaths and uh, kind of let the situation settle and then was like to myself look just go meet her anyway um, see what happens uh, I guess run the issue you've just faced by her and see if she has any input to it uh, so walked down to Trinity from Barrow Street um, and met her and I guess just gave her some context on Stampify and what we were looking to do because we haven't really talked that much before about it but then also just t- told her about the call I just had. Um, and to be fair to her, she 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 was able to give me perspective on the situation. She wasn't as emotionally invested in it as I was. Like, my, my heart was still kind of pounding and my head was still spinning a little bit. Um, Understandably, she, though, your whole idea nearly went up in flames. Like <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, but no, she, she was able to take a rational perspective on it. Uh, and she just kind of said to me, look, you don't need to provide the meals, um, physical meals. Like, you could always just provide funding instead. So that's when, that kind of, that was another light bulb moment. I was just kind of, kind of thought to myself, this would actually not only solve the problem because we wouldn't, it wouldn't be us providing the meals, um, but it would also make our model a lot leaner Um we'd be taking out a massive, I guess, operational risk and operational struggle of having to physically deliver meals from restaurants to soup kitchens ourselves. And instead of that, we could just donate funding to someone who has that set up and benefit from the scale that they already have achieved. Um, So I remember them walking back to Google. Um, it, It should be, I think, from... Trinity to Google should be about a 10 minute walk but it took me about 45 minutes because um, I kept I, I, I was just like just, there was so much going through my head and I kept stopping and writing notes um, just to make sure I didn't forget anything and then I looked at my watch and I was after missing um, an internal Google meeting that I was meant to be at and oh like, time was just flying by um, but yeah I guess that that's that's probably the biggest challenge we faced um, and I guess yeah, just being it. So we did pivot. Um, we pivot out. We pivoted out of necessity. We didn't really have much of a choice in it, but the pivot um, meant that we were set up a lot better long term. And I'm quite glad it did happen now because the model we have is a lot more operationally sound uh, and a lot more scalable. What was it like going from? being you know a pretty carefree student you'd locked yourself down a really nice job in google congratulations by the way because that company is amazing um but then to to kind of take on that leadership role you have other people waiting for you to give them instructions what was that transition like for you um it it, kind of happened without me thinking too much about it um i'd say we didn't stand before internally um we do I guess we do fully operate as a team. Like there wouldn't really be um, too much micromanagement or anything like that. Um, I think the lads kind of know what they have to do, and they're very well equipped and able to do it. Um, so I guess I'm looking as far as like it wouldn't be as much a management role. It would just be more so making sure that everything's sticking on track. Um, 
to be honest, I, I, I found it grand, um, and I think a large reason why that is is just because the team I have around me. So, I guess as said previously, we are all very good friends outside of Stampify, um, and that's how we got to know each other initially. So, we do have the benefit of being able to talk very straight to one another. Um, like, there's a lot of the time, there's no bullshit. Um, and, you know, you don't really have to walk the company line as such. Uh, we can just talk very candidly to each other. Um, so, no, I, I found all that grand, to be honest. How are you planning to kind of keep this going, moving forward into the future, you know, maybe as you get busier in your job, as it is a non-profit organisation? Do you have kind of plans in place to always have it going on the side or, or can you ever make this a full-time job for yourself? Yeah, that's, again, a very good question. Uh, it's one we get asked a lot. So for us uh, in 2019, we'd always said, let's uh, let, let's get to the end of the year. Uh, let's see how many meals we've donated and let's see uh, the progress on our app. Uh, so we finished our app around January. Um, and then I guess once 2020 hit, we kind of had the same. We were like, look, let's launch the app. Let's see the reception. And then we can start making more longer term decisions i guess unfortunately for us um we launched our app on march 7th <laughs> which was no. mere days mere days before um the coronavirus pandemic yeah. i guess became a pandemic in ireland so yeah we launched on a saturday and then the following tuesday wednesday thursday most of our partner, partner businesses closed their doors so yeah. um i guess we're, we're kind of pending on that one um I think it is something that a lot of us probably would work on full-time. Um, but again, we are also... We do also recognise that there are many different ways um, to make a difference. I think everyone on the team will definitely go on to do great things in a charitable sense, um, and in every sense, to be honest, but I guess specifically talking about charity. Um, it's just about, is Stampify the best vehicle to do that? Um, I know some of us have discussed maybe starting a for-profit business with a charitable arm. Um, it's just about being able to gauge what's best, uh, not for us, but I guess for charities. And touching on that kind of idea of, you know, moving forward and, and you have, I feel like you have already achieved a lot of success with this idea so far, but I'd be interested to know for you personally what your idea of success looks like. Uh that's a good one for me personally um i guess it's hard to define it as such um i was kind of having a think about this not too long ago um like obviously with stampify like our north star is the number of meals we've donated um like we hit just before um the pandemic broke out we hit one hundred and twenty thousand meals which is a fantastic achievement um but i'd I'd view that more as i guess a company success metric um yeah for me, for me personally, um, I think it's, it's probably just to, to be kept moving and kept doing something and kept learning. Um, I, I think like when you're starting and when you're not doing something, personally, now I'm not saying this applies to everyone or should apply to everyone, um, I just get a bit agitated. Um, so success for me is just kind of moving quick, testing things, seeing what works, what doesn't, and learning. Um, like Stampify could could end tomorrow um and you could view it any one of a hundred ways you could view the number of meals we've donated how much we expanded but you could also view maybe the opportunities we had that we didn't take advantage of uh, there's a lot of different ways to, i guess slice that but for me 
the ultimate success metric is what I've learned from it and how I'll be able to apply that uh, in future to my ultimate goals. Um, I think I'm obviously I'm very happy where I am with Google at the moment. Um, but again, I, I don't know what the future holds. Um, I would imagine at some stage in my 20s, um, I'll found another company. I'd be quite surprised if that wasn't the case. Um, so for me, success with Stampify and with a lot of the other things I do at the moment, both in Google um, and further afield, does kind of relate back to how well is this equipping me for what's next, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It sounds like you have a really exciting few years ahead of you. Um, if I could put your 10-year-old self sat across from you now, from everything that you've been through and from everything that you know and have learned today, what's the biggest yeah. piece of advice you would give your 10-year-old self moving forward? Um, yeah, that's a good one. I actually, I probably have a few pieces, pieces of advice. It's uh, about my 10-year-old self and then I guess to anyone who is thinking of doing anything entrepreneurial. Um, the first one, and it won't be new to anyone who's listened to anything I've done before, um, is to just do it. Um, so myself personally, I've often had other ideas for Stampify. Um, not necessarily for a company or th- or anything like that, but say in different societies I was on in college, uh, how to improve them, different projects to do, uh, stuff for even lecturers, uh, stuff for businesses that I interned in and worked in uh, during college. And I guess sometimes I used to have a tendency of bringing them to the point um where i felt i could pitch them but then getting cold feet and not actually doing it um and i guess some of that was probably out of fear of you know when you do that that sort of thing you put yourself out there a bit Mm -hmm. and you definitely do leave yourself open to being shot down um and shot down is a wrong way to put it but i guess leave yourself being open to you know people not going with your idea and potentially losing face um so that's how rejection I rejection a little bit I guess as well exactly exactly and that's how I perceived it internally um, and it's not usually the case to be honest um, even if you do have an idea that you think is good and you pitch it and it isn't something um, that people go with um, I guess the first thing is like no, nobody actually cares and nobody will remember it next week um, <laughs> exactly. people aren't going to be like oh god do you remember that time Connor pitched that, that project that we didn't go with uh, but for me internally that was something that I thought, um, I guess not not thought would happen, but kind of thought would like be at the back of people's minds, which was a silly thought. Um, so I'd recommend for anyone, like if they have any sort of ideas, um, to just go for it. Um, like you'll learn a lot about yourself. I've learned more about myself, uh, founding and running Stampify than I have doing anything else in life. Like I'll never learn as much from Google, from college, etc., as I have from this experience. Um, and even, even, like I said, even if Samplify ends tomorrow, um, like the success for me will obviously be the impact we've had uh, with people that's fortunate for us, but then also the impact that I've had internally and been able to learn. So I would definitely recommend to people uh, to just go for it, um, especially if you are, I guess, that sort of type of person that might be a bit uh, averse to putting yourself out there. Um I guess some other advice, um, and I guess for anyone who's listened to this podcast and everything I've said so far, it probably won't be news, but um, like entrepreneurship is a complete roller coaster. Um, you'll have incredible highs and incredible lows. Um, a good piece of advice is just 
to be able to take a step away from it uh, and get perspective. And sometimes you need other people and the help of other people to do that. But um, like say when I was in that room, you know, the walls were spinning. Like mm-hmm. that, I didn't manage that well because I didn't know how to manage that well. Mm-hmm. If something like that happens now, um, I feel I'm a lot better equipped to deal with it. Uh, so like some of its little things, like just being able to manage your breathing. Uh, talking to someone who's completely separated from the situation just to get some outside perspective, realising that it's not the end of the world. And at the end of the day, um, talking for myself personally now, but I'm very lucky to be in the situation that I am in. And even if whatever you're fearing, even if something 10 times worse than that happens, at the end of the day, I still have my family, I still have my friends. Uh, Like, you know, you do need that perspective. And I think that's something I've learned. Um, But it is something that would-be entrepreneurs should know that when things are going very badly or when you think think things are going very badly, that's just part of entrepreneurship. And especially if you're the founder or you're one of the founders of a company, those problems, when they come to your company, come to your doorstep directly. Um, So it is just about realising that every single startup founder has those problems um, and learning how how to combat them. Yeah, for sure. I think as well, some of the best stories come from failure, you know, you've got to have little little stories to look back on when you have made it kind of over the fence. But um, thank you so much for for chatting with me today. Thanks very much to you, Lucy, too. It was great to be on the show. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, please rate, share and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And don't forget to follow at what it's like pod on Instagram and Facebook. To download Stampify, please visit the links in the show notes provided. I'll be back next week with more inspiring stories, but for now, this has been What It's Like with Luce.